Hey everybody, it's Jacob, Eric, and Jake here coming at you guys from UBC's Point Grey Campus, broadcasting from the unceded ancestral grounds of the Musqueam people. You're listening to CITR 101.9 with this week's edition of Thunderbird Eye, always keeping you up to date on the latest UBC sports news standings and stories. Last weekend, men's basketball blew through the University of Winnipeg, but the women's team couldn't find the same luck, dropping both games. Volleyball triumphed against McEwen University, pushing both men's and women's teams' records to the top spot in the Canada West Conference. Hockey collectively fell three times against the University of Alberta, with a single game having some overtime magic on the women's side. Swimming stunned yet again for the fifth year in a row as the Thunderbirds uh, won the men's and women's Canada West Swimming Championships. And UBC cross-country phenom Kieran Lum takes another first-place finish, this time at the Junior Men's 8K Canadian Cross-Country Championships. In basketball news, the men's team continued to roll, sweeping Winnipeg to improve their record to 8-2 and two in conference play. On Friday, the offense struggled a bit, but the Thunderbirds had no problem putting away the Westmen in the end. It was a close game through most of the first half, but the Thunderbirds went on a 15-5 to five run at the end of the second to take control of the game, and the Westmen were never able to get too close after that, with the game ending 83-67 to 67 UBC. As per usual, Connor Morgan was dominant in this one, recording 27 points, 14 rebounds, 2 steals, and 2 blocks on 9 of 18 shooting. Phil Jalalpur stuffed the stat sheet with 14 points, 6 rebounds, and 6 assists, and Patrick Simon recorded 11 points and 7 rebounds off the bench. An interesting note from this match is that Winnipeg scored just as efficiently, uh, just as, efficiently as UBC did, as both teams shot 44% from the field. The difference in this one was rebounding. The Thunderbirds had 15 offensive rebounds, including six from Morgan, compared to just two for the Westmen. On Saturday, however, the Thunderbirds didn't need to rely on offensive rebounds, as they simply dominated from start to finish, winning 100-54. The Thunderbirds were up 24-4 at the end of the first quarter and basically ended the game after just 10 minutes. They shot 55% from the field in this one while holding the Westmen to below 30% shooting. Morgan led the way once again with an efficient 22 points to go along with 7 rebounds and 5 assists in just 20 minutes of action, while Luka Zaharievic scored a season-high 16 points to go along with 5 rebounds and a season-high eight, season-high 5 assists. Pardon me. Grant Shepard and Taylor Brown added 15 and 14 points off the bench, as Shepard also pulled down a team-high 8 rebounds, bouncing back after a poor match on Friday where he did not record a point. And this men's basketball team is hot. They've won now six straight, and this game also was the sixth time this season they've scored 100 or more points. We talked about how they are just so dominant offensively and really highlighting it here. Yeah, they actually have the number one offense in the entire country, not just Canada West, with 96 points per game, 51% shooting. Um, and they have really they have a lot of depth coming off the bench with their scoring as well. Um, they've got lots of players um, with... Uh, like Shepard averaging 11 points off the bench and 61% shooting, uh, and Brown averaging 9 points off the bench on 41% shooting from beyond the arc. It's been nice to see the Thunderbirds team getting help from all facets of the team, but of course Connor Morgan's the star here. He has been nothing short of sensational, averaging 23 points, 9 rebounds, and 3.5 assists a game. 
Uh, he's also shooting 55% from the field, and we saw him struggling a bit when he came back, but he's in full form now. Yeah, we'll look for him to have a big game in their next two games against Regina. The Cougars are 7-1 and coming off uh, two victories against the formerly undefeated uh, University of Lethbridge. So it'll definitely be a heavyweight class, and we'll be bringing you that second match live on CITR on Saturday. Yeah, overall, it was a very good weekend for the men's team as they continue to roll. But as you mentioned, Eric, their biggest test so far this season is coming up this weekend. The Thunderbirds will have to bring their A game against Regina. Unfortunately, the women's side had the opposite result of the men's as they lost both of their games against the Westmen. On Friday, they started out strong, but sloppy play and a rough fourth quarter led to a 78-71 defeat. They played great in the first quarter as they took a 25-12 lead after one, but they let Winnipeg back into the game in the second before falling apart in the fourth quarter, getting outscored 20-7 in the final frame. Madison Penn scored 31 points to go along with 13 rebounds to continue her strong run of form, and Jessica Hansen added 18 points, but it wasn't enough. This was an especially frustrating loss for the team as it was possibly UBC's best game of the season in terms of shooting. They shot 51% from the field and from three, which has been a big weakness for the team so far this season, they shot 44% uh, compared to just 41% shooting overall from Winnipeg. But what undid them was turnovers. They committed 21 turnovers compared to just nine for Winnipeg. And as we saw in the men's game on Friday, those extra shot opportunities are crucial. And unfortunately, the end of the first match bleeded into the second as the Thunderbirds were swept by Winnipeg with a 71-52 defeat. It was a one-point game at the end of the first, but Winnipeg blew the game open in the second and third quarters, outscoring UBC 23-14 in the second and 20-9 in the third. The Thunderbirds again committed 21 turnovers and shot only 39% from the field, their shooting not able to make up as much for their turnover issues like they did on Friday. Madison Penn struggled in this game, which was a bit of a given given how impressive she's been for so many games this season. She scored only twenty, uh, scored only 11 points on 5 of 14 shooting, while Keelan Filowich was the only other player who scored more than 10 with 14 points. Yeah, Jake, you mentioned the turnovers being an issue. Um, this isn't just something that happened this weekend. They've been pretty bad over, over the season in terms of... Um of turnovers, they um, are second worst in Canada West with uh, averaging actually 20 turnovers a game. So something that they definitely need to work on. And it's great to see that Maddie Penn's having such a strong season. She's averaging 20 points uh, with 11 rebounds, both both of which those stats are in top three in the conference. And she's been able, uh, but the team has yet to be able to find a way to win when she isn't at her best. We saw the second game putting up 11 points and they're just not good enough from three. They shot well in that first game, but it's about consistency. Allie Norris hitting her first three of the season. That, that can't happen. It's too late. And th- they really need to clean it up if they want to find other ways to win because they can't just keep feeding it inside to Penn Villowich. Yeah, overall, it was a very disappointing weekend for the team as they dropped below 500, 4 and 6 overall. And things are not going to get easier for them in the last weekend before the winter break as they will face the 7 and 1 Regina Cougars. Taking a peek over at men's volleyball, they had a winning weekend. Friday was a quick sweep as the Thunderbirds blanked the McEwen Griffins, 25-19, 25-15, and then 25-14. This was big for them because they this was their bounce back from their first loss of the season against Alberta past week. They faced the fast-paced Friday night match was distributed attack, which had Irvin Brar again leading kills for the Thunderbirds. He totaled eight on the night. And Brar also helped his team pull away from the Griffins, who surprisingly made the first set a close 15-12 after a technical timeout. 
In the second, senior Byron Ketarakis collected his third and fourth aces of the night to close out the blowout second frame. And in the third set, it was the combination of Ketarakis and Jordan Deshane's double lock, which really gave the momentum to win the set and the match. Then on Saturday night, the Thunderbirds actually dropped the first set against the Griffins. However, they were able to keep a mature and calm presence on the court, and they really put their foot down on the gas pedal in the second. They crushed the Griffins 25-13 with help from Keith West, who totaled four kills in the set. And Swervin Irvin did his magic in the third, where he tied the knot for the set win with an ace to end the frame. Then later, first-year Finn McCarthy paid attention what, to what Brar was doing, and he copied him for a clinching ace for a clinching ace in the fourth set. The the sets finished up 22-25 for the Griffins, then 25-13, 25-18, and 25-19 in favor of the Birds. Brar led the team again, something of an expectation at this point, with 13 kills on the night, as well as seven digs, and Katarakis racked up 39 assists to help boost the Thunderbirds. They're fun to watch, aren't they? Uh, they're insane. That uh, first game on the, um, the, Friday, the Friday game, um, they ended it in a hurry um, with a 4.62 hitting percentage for the team um, and eight aces um, and finished that game up really fast. Um, Brar second in the league in kills total um, at 147 and third in the league with hitting percentage. He's the guy that the offense needs to go through if they're going to keep up this insane pace. Also the setter, the, the big setter, Byron Kitarakis, second in league in assists per set at uh, 9.95 and both both. Both Brar and Ketarakis are top five in aces per set. So, yeah, really an incredibly offensive team at this point. It's hard to say Ketarakis' name too fast there. <laughs> yeah, they've really been a juggernaut so far, and that's led to the results. And now tied at the top of the Canada West leaderboard with Trinity Western, both teams holding 9-1 records. And in the ne- their next match, Thunderbirds will hit the road, uh, playing the Mount Royal Cougars at Kenyon Court in Calgary. It's, they're going to be facing a team lower than them in the standings and one that is on a current four-game losing streak. So this should be an opportunity to hopefully grab a couple more wins. Yeah, and extend that win streak that we talked about. The women's team faced a similarly struggling McEwen-Griffins team who was actually winless on the season. But unlike the men's side, they really had to fight for their wins over the weekend. Friday's night match, in Friday's night's match, uh, as well as the men's, the Thunderbirds were supported by the school day crowd, uh, a day which brings out local elementary students, and these kids were loud. Uh, the Thunderbirds were able to take some of that momentum and support from those local kids into the Friday's night game as they went up 25-1 at 30-28-2013 and 28-26. Uh, excuse me, the second match was actually in favor of McEwen, uh, 28-30. to But in the first set, the two teams traded points up until it was all knotted up at 15 Thunderbirds then went down 20 to 21, but Kira Van Rijk, who had a huge 24 kills on the night, notched her fifth straight kill of the set, which the Thunderbirds capitalized on and took the rest on straight points. In the second, the Griffins held an early lead, 12 to 8, until Ferlin Van Rijk and setter Alessandra Gentile, who had 39 assists on the night, teamed up for a slew of different kill and dump points to kill to give the Thunderbirds a 16 to 14 lead. And as the set was closing out, who else but Van Rijk would hit an ace to put her team in a good position to take the set. But the Griffins clawed back. Cassidy Kinsella uh, responded with a kill of her own, extending the match. And though both teams were amped up, the Griffins were actually able to sneak a hit through the Thunderbirds block and grab that second set. The third was much less dramatic. Uh, Thunderbirds had an early 6-1 lead, and momentum really just gave them that 
huge 25-13 win. And then up 2-1 on the night, the Thunderbirds looked to close out the game in the fourth. They couldn't pull ahead like they did in the third, but they got back into the game when Anna Price notched a kill to tie the setup at 19. The Thunderbirds took what looked like a definitive lead, going up 24-20 after a Griffin error. But again, the Griffins somehow fought back, and they uh, fought off the four points until Kira Van Rijk gave UBC the set point chance, which Gabby Atia converted to give them the set and the game win. Thunderbirds 3-1. Van Rijk, no surprises, star of the match. 24 kills, 3 blocks, and an ace. Samantha Paco for the Birds also got 15 digs on the night, and John Tile set her squad to victory with 39 assists. And on Saturday night, the Thunderbirds didn't have the local kids supporting them, but for some reason they, they couldn't really transfer that momentum uh, closing out the game. They they were down 1-2 to after three sets against the winless Griffins, and although they were able to pull off the sweep, the Griffins really held their own in both matches against the Thunderbirds this weekend. In the first set, the Griffins secured an early 12-4 lead. It forced head coach Doug Reimer to take his second technical timeout, in which he could try and regroup his team, but the Thunderbirds did close the point gap to a degree, but there, it was just too much to overcome. They rebounded in the second, thanks to John Tile, who had 47 assists on the night and had 12 of them in the second, and they took a commanding 21-12 lead. Gabby Atia closed out that frame by putting up one of her 12 kills on the night. In the third, the Griffins hung with the Thunderbirds throughout after being tied up at 22. And then the Griffins uh, in the fourth and fifth uh, really could not combat the Thunderbirds, who just came out swinging. An early 10-2 lead provided a momentum boost, and the fourth, which they capitalize on, and the fifth set was destruction, where the Birds more than doubled their opponents in scoring. Van Rijk, again, was a, the highlight of the game, who put up not just 18 kills and three aces, but 22 digs on the night. John Tile finished with 47 assists, but Kira Van Rijk, my God. Yeah, she, Van Rijk is simply playing on another, on another level right now. She's averaging just under 4.4 kills per set, which is not just the best in Canada West, but it's the best in the entire country. And she's a freshman. She simply has ridiculous potential, and it's looking like she might be able to become one of the greats in UBC volleyball history. Yeah, and um, last week, um, before the set against McEwen, we saw um, the Thunderbirds not really able to close out against the top team. This this time, they almost had trouble with one of the worst teams in the league. So it, it begs the question, are they not playing to potential, or are they are their opponents playing up when they go up against one of the top teams in the league? Stats show UBC's hitting percentage above uh, 0.25 uh, in each game, and it seems they may, may have been caught, early, uh, caught off guard early in the games against McEwen. It might also be that they're lacking a bit of a killer instinct because of the way that they played um, in the, the the two games before these two. Um, that might be another issue for this team. Yeah, we'll see if they're able to bounce back against Mount Royal. Obviously, it's not very encouraging to have these close games against teams at the bottom of the rankings, but the Mount Royal Cougars are somewhere in the middle of the pack, but they do have the big player of Alex Donaghy, who's third in Canada West with average kills per set and has the most points in the league. It'll be a big joust between her and Kira Van Rijk. Yeah, so moving on to hockey, um, UBC men's hockey is in a lot of trouble. They've lost six games in a row. They've fallen from 5-3-0 and to 5-8-1 and over the past few weeks. There is still time to turn it around, though. They are just four points back of um, Manitoba for fourth place in the conference. That's two games back. And there's a lot of hockey to play left in the season. But it isn't just the simple fact that they've lost six straight. It's the manner in which they're losing these games. 
But this weekend, they got blown out uh, both on the Friday and Saturday games. Granted, it was the top team in the conference, but back-to-back four-goal losses aren't exactly encouraging if you're a team looking to make noise in this Canada West conference. UBC were shut out on Friday as Alberta goalie Brendan Burks stopped all of UBC's only 16 shots. UBC keeper Matt Hewitt was able to stop 28 of 32 as the Thunderbirds were dominated all over the ice in this one. The first goal by Jason Fraham came after a toe-drag move absolutely undressed a UBC defenseman. The second was scored on the breakaway by Trevor Cox. UBC weren't able to stop the high-skilled Alberta attack and were exposed on defense. The lone bright spot in this one, unsurprisingly, uh, Mr. Matt Hewitt, the goaltender, who did everything he was asked and let in four essentially unstoppable goals. The second half of the back-to-back was much the same story for the Thunderbirds. Backup Ryland Toth had a horrible 10-minute start, letting three of the first seven shots through that he faced and being pulled before the first period was halfway through. Starter Matt Hewitt was brought in on zero days rest to close it out. He would allow two more through of the 27 that got through to him in the remaining 50 minutes of the game. The Thunderbirds were down 4 nothing after just the first period. The Golden Bears added a fifth in the second before UBC's Austin Viterl finally got a goal past Zach Sachenko with under three minutes to play, ending 117 minutes of shutout hockey by Alberta. Overall, a really disappointing weekend for men's UBC hockey. Matt Hewitt has been really crucial, as you mentioned, Eric, to the success of this team. Toth really coming apart there. And it, it might be up to Hewitt to rally the team around him as he needs to keep putting up these crazy good performances. And although the shot, the shot count is coming down, something we've brought up in past shows, they're still allowing these really difficult shots to come through. All the shots that are uh, being put up right now are very likely to do damage, and they're coming from dangerous pace plays their defense needs to toughen up yeah we've talked a lot about their defense uh, over the last couple weeks but we also have to mention their offense because you can't win hockey games if you're not scoring no matter how good your defense is and the Thunderbirds have only scored three goals in their last four games which is just not good enough if they can start scoring again like they were earlier in the season when they were winning games the goaltending from Hewitt might be solid enough to steal a few wins the defense isn't quite a lost cause yet, but this far in the season, it's difficult to see any significant uh, improvement or overhaul yeah, of they, any significance. They got they got to turn around something if they want to get some wins out of the season. Yeah. Um, on the women's side, they're they're looking definitely better than the men's team. Uh, both women's games ended this weekend three two in overtime, one two each team. Three or four points is always a successful weekend in a, in a, in university hockey. On Friday, the Thunderbirds scored the first two goals of the game with goals from Vilgrain and Boyd before the Pandas clawed back to first force overtime. The Thunderbirds started the extra fame in the penalty kill but later found themselves on the advantage after a rare elbowing call. The Thunderbirds took advantage as Ireland Perot fed, or Parrot, sorry, fed Shaylee McConnell for her first ever U-Sports goal to win the game 3-2 in overtime. And it was a weird one. Four of the five goals scored on the power play. The only even-strength goal was Alberta's game tire from Amy Boucher. Uh, Alberta was a, in, or rather, UBC had a lot of penalty trouble. They spent over a quarter of the game in the penalty kill. But uh, Graham Thomas, despite the penalty trouble, thought that this was the Thunderbirds' best game of the year so far. The game on Saturday played out much the same way. Um, the Pandas tied the game at two after goals from Jaden Cook and Emily Costales gave UBC a 2-1 lead. The Thunderbirds were more disciplined overall in this one, allowing less than half the power play time as on Friday. But on the penalty kill with time about to expire, goal scorer Jaden Cook took a bad cross-checking penalty to give Alberta a 5-1-3 power play to start overtime. They killed the first penalty, but Cook was seconds away, seconds away from stepping out of the box when Autumn McDougall scored her second of the night to win the game and split the series. 
Thunderbirds are now 9-4-1, and one, tying them with Alberta for second in the conference, and they still look strong. They'll visit University of Manitoba this weekend. They've won nine straight, so that'll be an interesting one for sure. This team is good. They just really need to clear up their penalties. I don't know what else to say. It's, it's a reoccurring issue, and they could seriously be a force to be reckoned with if they're able to clean up that one aspect of their game. Yeah, one luxury they have is two excellent goaltenders. Bond is putting up a fantastic .932 save percentage, while McLash has an insane .945. Both goalies have the ability to really steal the game, which is something the men's team hasn't been able to have recently. We're going to take a quick break for ads, and we'll be right back with UBC's Cross Country. Create a diversion. What could distract people who love sports? Sports. 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 Do you find sports distracting? Feel the need to chant sports for hours on end? Then come on by the CITR station at the new sub to get involved. We do play-by-play, color commentary, audio production, interviews, and so much more. Only on CITR 101.9 FM. Hey there. My name is Callum Ng, the Executive Director of BC Athlete Voice. We are an athlete-focused organization helping British Columbia's athletes become their best. How do we do that? Well, if you're a BC athlete, we can help you with pretty much everything related to leadership, advocacy, and education. For example, we can help you find funding, start a new athlete group, or develop better public speaking skills. It's all at bcathletevoice.ca. And don't forget to look for us on Twitter and Facebook by searching BC Athlete Voice. Check it out. As promised, coming back here with UBC Cross Country, who is making a push right now to switch to U Sports for 2018. This is great news, as UBC has never been this dominant in cross country, and it would really be the perfect time to integrate. After winning their first NAIA national track title last June, the UBC men's team followed up by winning their first ever uh, NAIA national cross-country title just over a week ago and the women's team who just won their national cross-country title for the fifth time in six years their dynasty team then this past saturday the running phenom kieran lum placed first at junior men's ak canadian cross-country championships lum is one of ubc's and canada's elite runners he took home gold in the muddy cold conditions out in kingston ontario and really has established himself as a household name among the best in canada not only is Lum a member of the National Mountain Running Team, a top 5,000-meter athlete, provincial champion, national medalist in cross-country skiing, and record holder for the world's steepest 400-meter race. <laughs> this kid's crazy, but he's also <laughs> humble. That's, that's what's craziest about it all. He's a charismatic guy who, after his win, said, winning and performing well is one thing, but 50 years from now, you're not going to remember your performances. So the atmosphere of competitiveness and community is paramount. What a guy. Uh, Lum won't be returning to Whistler to defend his title this year um, because he'll be racing for Team BC at the Canada Summer Games in Winnipeg. Uh, looking back at Canada, uh, Cross Country's push to get into U Sports, the biggest challenge right now is getting exemption for their fourth year athletes so that they'll be permitted to finish their fifth year in U Sports. We've seen other schools get exemptions for similar degrees. UBC um, head cross country and track and field coach Laurier Primo said that SFU went from uh, NAIA to CIS. All of their fourth athletes were allowed a fifth year. Um, looking at swimming, the Canada West Swimming Championships took place this weekend in Victoria, and the Thunderbirds cleaned house, taking first place in both men's and women's overall categories. 
It was a record-setting weekend for both teams. The women's team scored a never-before-achieved uh, 1,111 points. They took home 35 total medals, with just under half of them being gold. The men's team scored 838 points, and 10 of their 28 medals were gold. Um, the 20 records fell over the weekend, 20 Canada rest records, and over half of those were broken by Thunderbirds. Men's 100-meter uh, swimmer and Olympian, Yuri uh, Kissel, the missile, was one of those Thunderbirds. He finished the 100-meter in 47.31 seconds, the fastest time ever for a 100-meter in Canada West. That was during the gold medal race, and he won an additional gold medal in the men's 50-meter, where he set a record as well, and was a part of all three gold medaling relay teams. He would add two silver medals to his ridiculous five golds, and it definitely helps having an Olympian on your team. I don't know about you guys, but I'm so proud of our swimming team. We have all these Olympians. That's so <laughs> cool. How many how many schools get to say that, you know? Yeah, definitely. Uh, not Olympian, but still standout performer Joshua Benema was a standout performer for UBC men this time as well, taking home three golds and setting a record in 100-meter backstroke. Um, taking home Rookie of the Meet honors on the women's side was the first-year Thunderbird Emily Overholt, who won a 400-meter uh, medley gold and a 4x200 free relay gold as part of the five medals she took home. She didn't set any records herself, but many of her teammates did. Erica Seltenreich Hodgson swam the 100 meter faster than you can say Erica Seltenreich Hodgson. Hodgson. Yeah, still fin- can't say it. <laughs> Not quite. Uh, she finished in 54.48. The 200 meter medley record was broken by UBC's Kelsey Wog, while teammate Ingrid Wilm won the 100 meter backstroke final in 58.49, breaking her own Canada West record. Wilm also broke records in 50-meter butterfly and 50-meter back, both of which resulted in gold medal wins. As I mentioned at the top of the show, this is the fifth year in a row that the Thunderbirds have won the Men's and Women's Canada West Swimming Championships. They're a dynasty, and no one can touch them. Yeah, and before we get to our um, outro and our look around at what's coming up this weekend, UBC Thunderbirds put out a tweet earlier this week um, about the U Sports power rankings, and UBC's looking really well. They are fifth in men's basketball, second in women's hockey, uh, first in men's swimming, first in women's swimming, second in men's volleyball, and second in women's volleyball. This isn't Canada West. This is the entire country. Go T-Birds. Yeah, definitely <laughs> looking good so far this year. Um, so, yeah, looking at what's coming up this weekend, tomorrow uh, the, Canada, the Canada West champions will be back at it again in swimming as they take part at the 69th Annual Husky Invitational. On hockey, we've got the women's team at Manitoba and the men's team hosting Manitoba. Um, Volleyball, we've got the men's team and women's team both visiting Mount Royal, and basketball will be hosting Regina. Those will all be taking place on Saturday as well, and in addition to that, we have some men's rugby against UBC Old Boys. The swimming tournament will continue all the way to Sunday. Thank you all so much for tuning in to CITR 101.9. The upcoming show will be Intersections hosted by the Gender Empowerment Collective here at CITR. Again, tune in Saturday night at 5 to listen to some basketball covered by myself as well as Natalie Scadden and Doug Richards. For Thunderbird Eye, this has been Jacob, Eric, and Jake. Tune in Thursdays 3.30 to 4 and have a great rest of your day.